Welcome to Photo Mission Focus, discussing photography. Each episode, we discuss a different photography subject. With my co-host Terry, we try and make some sense of the things we love about photography and some of the things we don't love as much. Come join us. Welcome to this edition of Photo Mission Focus, discussing photography. Terry, how are you? I'm really well. How are you? Yeah, I'm fantastic. <laughs> That's good. You're looking well too. Thanks. So are you. Yeah, yeah. I think we're, yeah. we're kind of embracing everything and... I think we've kind of um, we're finding our feet with less restrictions. Well, that's it. So that's it. So, for both, of us, it's a bit of a new pathway forward of my mm. you know, stuff that I'm doing with Canon, and mm. you, you've been doing a lot of stuff. And um, I have, yeah. You've told me too now. You got a business coach. Fantastic. Yes, I have. I thought it was time to get some help and um, get a new get a new mentor. Yes, yeah, yeah, some some professional guidance, which is really great. That's fantastic. Yeah, really excited. Oh, I'm excited for you too yeah, because I think yeah. I think I've seen a real change in you, and, and I talked about in the last series of podcasts we did. We talked about you know you were taking the notes and you were... <laughs> <laughs> I forgot my notepad today. Whoops. <laughs> no, it's all right. We'll, we'll give you we'll give you a hall pass on the notepad. And how's the Canon Collective going? That's really exciting. It is going really good. We've yeah. already introduced a couple of new things into the into the mix. And yeah, brilliant. More things to come. So yeah. Yeah, really looking forward to it. Yeah, watch this space, I think, for watch, you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, watch this space. Absolutely. Hey, um, today we're mm. going to talk about high ISO, mm. don't be afraid, embrace the grain. Yeah, yeah. It's Grain, I guess, is something that a lot of people don't necessarily feel comfortable with. I know I wipe it out of a lot of my images where I, I could really leave it. What, what are your thoughts on it? Well, I think, look, going back to, I mean, a lot of people – freak out about having high ISO and mm. they, they panic. They, mm. Oh, my God, my ISO is too high. I've got to get my ISO down. Mm. And, I, and I kind of – I know where people were coming from originally because originally in the film days, or obviously yeah. you, you tried to shoot it, you know, like I, mean, I used to like Crotochrome 64. Yeah, beautiful film. Beautiful, beautiful film. film. You know, and obviously, you know, if you started shooting in the 400 yes. ISO, you started to really see – yeah. Grain, and when as soon as you went above that, yeah, the grain, and then if you pushed the film, you could get additional grain. You could and just if add you change the chemicals and the temperatures yep, all and of any jazz. of those variants. <laughs> so, modern modern digital cameras can tolerate some quite high ISO mm. without mm. actually. Yes, there's grain in there, but it doesn't deter from the image. No, that's right, and and. If anyone that doesn't really understand what grain is, if you know it's 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 kind of a bit of a newer term, and it's not a newer term. Sorry, it's an older term. It's, well, it's, a, it's a term from the film days. That's right? right. That's right. Now it's it's called noise. Yes. On your images, or you know, sometimes it can be called. Like, people sometimes refer to it as pixels if it's yes. like not that great. But I I used to love grain when I was in my university days. I used to intentionally shoot on thirty two hundred film. Yes. And I have to say, some of the the weddings that I shot in the late nineties were. On quite high ISO, so thirty two hundred was was my go to. Yes, yep. Like I said, people would people would freak out shooting yeah. thirty two hundred. Yeah, and I, I kind of know where the, the the thought process came from back in the film days. Mm. But again, like you said, sometimes photographers chose to shoot with a very grainy film for That's the right. for the effect that it gave. Yeah, yeah, and also I was really attracted to the variants that you could get and the the ability to not necessarily push, 
but I felt safer. I felt yeah. like I could make a few more mistakes and I, I had the ability to pull things back and push them forward. And the effect, as you say, was just beautiful. I just loved the grain in the shadows and the texture that I would get from it, especially when I was printing on fibre-based paper. It was yeah. definitely a love of mine. Because one of the consequences of having a stretch regime of shooting a low ISO is that mm. as soon as it gets dark in low light situations, people put their camera down and they stop shooting. Mm. So it's kind of like, oh, well, oh, it's, you know, it's too dark. Mm. I'd have to put the ISO up too high. Mm-hmm. And they just don't shoot. Oh, they'll grab their flash is another thing well, that people well, well, do. Well, that's right. Yeah. We'll grab a flash. And, I mean, some and look, some forms of photography, flash is just a killer. Like oh. it just any any ambience or mood or mm. you throw a flash in mm. there and you change the whole that's right look of the image that's right i i cheat and i bounce my flash from yep. off the ceiling or yeah, off the wall or off the wall behind me so it yep. still can i still can contain that ambient light and that, yes, that yep. mood in the room especially when you're doing receptions in weddings you really yep. you want to maintain that feel and that yep. emotive through well it's kind of that, that trick too is you can get a great effect if you set your flash about 45 degrees to a wall mm. subjects kind of in front of mm-hmm. the camera and you yeah. get that beautiful bounce softens the light yeah, a bit. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, so there's techniques you can use, but, I mean, a lot of times, like if you're doing street photography or even in a reception at, at a wedding, like you're trying to capture yeah. some of the festivities. That's right. Some of those halls and things aren't very well lit. Yeah. And people are doing stuff where, you know, they're throwing their hands in the air or they're, <laughs> wa- you know, they're waving stuff around. Sometimes, like, Sometimes uh, intentional blur is great Yes. when you intend to bring blur in because it yes. enhances the story. Yes. But sometimes blur just becomes a distraction. It can do, yeah. And so to avoid that, you, you would push your ISO. Exactly. So yeah. so the, the thing is, what you I suppose one of the things that's in your toolbox is that you can look and say, okay, I'm going to shoot this at the highest ISO. Yes, it's going to reduce a bit more digital noise or, or grain, mm-hmm. but I can freeze the action. Mm-hmm. And the point, you know, like I just recently did a review on the Canon, the new mirrorless R5. Mm. And that thing, one of the things that just blew me away was how high you could let the ISO go yeah. to before and, and still get usable images from it. Right. I shot a, a shot through a window. Sound, yeah. this, this is going to sound really creepy now. It's, it's a swimming pool. Stalker. <laughs> there's a there's a swimming pool training complex. <laughs> worse and worse every second. <laughs> anyway, people are training in this pool and they're going up and down doing laps. Yeah. And I'm watching, so I'm watching through the window and I'm seeing like the spray of the <laughs> so water, <sorry. laughs> spray of the water coming off the hands as they're striking through the water. So I'm thinking, ah, oh, geez, I just wonder how far I can push this camera. Yeah. And if I could shoot, say that. Say one five hundred of a second, which would totally freeze that water, yeah, in the air, mm-hmm. and freeze the swimmer completely. Mm-hmm. But man, I've got an f four lens, and I've got really bad light. So I've shot it at twelve thousand eight hundred ISO. You what? Twelve thousand eight hundred ISO. So here's me thinking thirty two hundred is really big, but you're saying twelve. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going for <laughs> that's, gut. I'm that's going, extreme. I'm going for guts here. <laughs> And the the shot worked like it it worked like I mean I just the, as I'm saying it's just like yeah. it's still a usable shot yeah and I I couldn't have shot that shot yeah any other way to freeze the action I could have taken the shot and I could have got great blur like uh-huh. I could have got the swimmer 
like the water all like you know milky and it is one technique but not but what you were going for it's not well, well yeah. i wanted to see because it, 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 as a photographer it gives you another like i said tool and toolbox yeah. something that you can now start thinking about shooting some high speed scenes where you're freezing the scenes in yeah. very low light conditions so the the cameras are getting amazing now obviously not everyone's going to have that that camera to push it to that mm. to that level mm. but a lot of the you know current cameras that people are shooting with you you can get in those higher territories like you said the a lot of people would never go 3200 on the camera no so 3200 would be just like ah oh. yeah i actually i have to be I, honest with you i don't i try really hard not to go higher than 1600 yes which and, is and, silly because your cameras can actually handle it these days that's right and and look you know, sometimes, like you said, the the grain or the noise mm. can actually actually enhance, mm. can actually just mm. add a little bit of an element to the picture as well, mm. which is kind of a, you know, and like you said, you used to do it deliberately, a film. Yeah, yeah. Because you liked the way it looked. Yeah. You got, you got a particular look out of that shooting yeah. style. So. Yeah, and I know there has been times actually when I've been in the digital dark room, as you call it these days, yep. editing images, and I will do... If I want that grain look, I'll I will well, sometimes people, do my editing first, then put that grain back on. Yes. So that I can have everything quite perfect underneath. Yes. But um, yeah, grain is probably something it's time to embrace and have a bit of a play with again. Well, that's what I'm saying. Look, it's it's, it's funny, and I had a a photographer in for the exposure series, mm. and I was talking with this photographer, and she'd been shooting with some. Um, entry level stuff as she was working her way through mm-hmm. and she she learned to embrace the grain and mm. she said you know punch that iso she sounds like she's got an amazing attitude she's got an amazing attitude yeah and that podcast is actually like i said on the exposure one with casey sims and yeah anyone who listens to this podcast jump over sometime and have a listen to casey's you'll podcast. pop the link in the notes won't well it's, you? it's, it's, it's <laughs> yes where you, where, you, where you find this podcast you'll find the exposure podcast yeah. as well but and that got me thinking about, you know, a lot of photographers are really hesitant. Mm. And interesting enough, I did a shot and I showed you that shot of the the sunset after the extreme yes. storms we had in Brisbane. And I posted it up on the Canon site with all the settings and I wanted to see and, – and the ISO was up a bit on that shot. Yeah. It's still quite gorgeous. No, but it could have been, de- but there was a reason for it because I was shooting at quite a high shutter speed. It was shooting at um, one four hundred, one four hundred for a second, and the reason was there was a whole bunch of birds flying through the scene, and I thought, oh, that's great. I I might better catch some birds in flight. In it'll just enhance this magic mm. sunset mm. because if you're shooting a sunset, typically you know you would probably be shooting that maybe around one hundred for a second. Mm-hmm. You'd probably have be you know i like to shoot on that lens around f8 anyway but mm. so you might be down around the 100 to 200 iso range those, yes. in those conditions yes so to shoot at one four hundredth of a second to to because nothing's worse than if you take a picture of a sunset and a bird flies through it and you're shooting with slow shutter speeds oh. you've got black streaks in you. <laughs> yes. you know, that was not an airplane it was a bird it's not smudges <laughs> on my lens oh i've thought that before i'm like oh there's a hair on my mirror <laughs> so it's actually so the idea was i thought okay i'm just gonna i'll just push up the shutter speed which meant i had to compensate by pushing up the iso mm. 
so if and I and I got some pictures and and the picture I ended up using like posting was the one without any birds in it. That's the one I kind of liked just for whatever reason. Mm. But but it didn't deter me. I wasn't going to go back ch- constantly shooting, changing my settings, and saying, "Oh well." You didn't have time. You don't have time because no. because those sunsets don't last very long. So I knew I no. only had it, and the water on the road was draining away really mm-hmm. quickly, mm-hmm. and I wanted to get that reflection. So I mean, I had to get some shots off fairly quickly. So I took a series of shots fairly quickly. I typically don't fiddle around with my settings once I've kind of got my base settings. Yeah. So on that shot, that even even at the settings I had, it was slightly underexposed, which yeah. when I just pulled back out of the shadows, some yeah. of the detail. Yeah. Which is because with those with those clouds and that, so there's some bright spots in there, so it's really yeah. easy for that to blow out. So yeah, when you think about grain as well, Stephen, do you think of some of the old artists that used to photograph predominantly in the early days? So you've got like Man Ray; he did a really good series of of female nudes, and I know that from memory, his grain was quite quite excessive. Yes, it was quite beautiful. So they ended up looking like landscapes. Those yeah. photographs. And I think the thing about it is, if you look at someone when someone paints something, oh. There's, there's, there is inherently in mm. painting it's there's these textural grain in the actual in the brush strokes and that type of stuff. So that's right. So I think from from the human eye perspective is that we we can look at a painting, yeah, and we, and we don't go oh, look at the rough brush. <laughs> we actually why didn't yeah. they why didn't they use a lower finer <laughs> finer brush camel hair brush with three thousand unicorn hair three thousand six hundred <laughs> you know hairs per. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. So it's it's one of those things. Like I said, it's always fascinating me that a lot of photographers actually avoid high ISO, mm. like the plague, mm. and I, and I'm starting to question myself now. Why why be scared of it? Why be afraid of high ISO? Mm. Why not start to kind of, you know, live on the edge and push the ISO yeah. and see, see what you see what you might be able to do. Because also the reasons for us also choosing to use the lower ISO rated films back in the day would be potentially because we were, our intentions were to blow up the images. Yes, to do a large print. That's right. And so what would also happen is when you blow something up, it would actually increase the grain depending on what film you have, not depending in every type of, you know, yes. blow up that you yes. do. So it's like, the, it's like the early digital images, you know, yeah. they, they shot a very... The resolutions, you know, when digital cameras first came out and, you know, some of those early cameras were like just one meg resolution. Yeah. Oh, so, gosh, yeah. So on a very small, you know, thumbnail on the screen, it looked fantastic. Mm. And as soon as you went full screen, it looked yeah. ter- terrible because yeah. you, you didn't have enough information in there. So yeah. you had all these, you know. Yeah. So unpleasant. And, and see, we don't do that anymore, do we? We don't, we don't necessarily print pictures as large no. as we used to for, no. for whatever reason. We're not printing posters anymore. We're yep. really just keeping things on our iPhones. Yes. And we're, you know, we have lots of digital galleries around. We're not even really printing albums or or prints for our walls, which is such a shame. Yep. So I guess those variables aren't really considerations when we're shooting. So no. We, and look, yeah. you, you raised a really good point in our post-production meeting about sports photography. Sport mm. photography always used to be grainy. Mm. Because typically, you know, you're shooting sports at night. Mm-hmm. The lighting's not great when mm-hmm. it was being shot on film. Yep. They had to use high ISO film, which had a mm-hmm. high grain. Mm-hmm. So that's just how sports photos, night sports photos, were always grainy. Yeah. And everyone just accepted that's that's a part of yeah. the way we it didn't is. even give it a second thought. I remember looking through the National Geos at some of the sports images, and and I really do actually remember the grain in the images yes. and the the beautiful colours and tonality that came from that grain. 
you know, like so I, I, it's kind of making me want to go back and play with a bit of grain and even try some film with high grain. Yes, well, that's the thing, and I think, like I said, it's we kind of get start to, people start to get conditioned, and I suppose what, what we've got to be really careful as photographers is we don't all fall into this kind of concept of we have to shoot at the lowest ISO we can possibly get to mm. that we can shoot at high ISOs and, and these pictures will still be acceptable. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I mean, sometimes on in some instances of storytelling, freezing what's happening is more important to tell your story mm. than to have a really low-grain image or low-noise image. So yeah. sometimes pushing that ISO up allows you to be able to to freeze I mean, freeze that action. So if someone's, you know, if someone's running like in a race or something and they're just pipping someone at the post, mm-hmm. it's better to kind of get that expression of determination yeah. and have, yeah. have their face sharp. Yeah. Maybe grainy, but, but, but have yeah. it sharp rather than have it soft because yeah. because you're you're shooting at a shutter speed which is a little bit too slow to yeah. really to yeah. get a sharp image. And that's a really good point you raise as well. Like especially as a wedding photographer, I find that some of those moments are really detrimental to the storytelling process. So by making choices in regards to the the speed of the the film as such, I've got air quotes happening in my hands here. Yep. You know, we make we are making decisions based on how to get the best picture, but I don't think it's always about that, as you just mentioned. I think it's about being able to get that moment. And if we have to push our film or our our grain, our ISO, whatever it is, we have to push it that little bit to get that moment. Why aren't we doing that more often? Why aren't we embracing it more? That's yeah. right. Because I think the thing about it is sometimes we can actually, as storytellers, do ourselves an injustice. Absolutely. By trying to shoot this perfectly perfect image. This perfect image. And I'm definitely guilty of doing that in the yeah, past. And definitely. I, and I, look, I tell you, like, I mean, when you see shots of like abandoned street photography type stuff, so like areas that are abandoned areas, mm. you know, there's a lot of breakdown, decay. And sometimes. Mm. Capturing that in the most finest detail to me is less pleasing. Mm. You know what I mean? If it's really, you don't really want to see the sharp mm. details of some of the things that sometimes that image will present better if it was shot maybe a little bit, mm. a little bit more noise or grain in it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Actually, and still, still be as strong and still be a great image. Yeah, by choosing the right focal point, you definitely can have a very strong image in that regard. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, again, one of the other tests I did was with that Canon R5 mirrorless was, and I showed you a picture I'd shot mm. of a bridge, which with the bridge below it, there's a freeway. Yeah. And I shot handheld, and again, I was kind of like, you're not going to, you know, we have this thing about, oh, keep the shutter speed up, you know, and a blur, you know. And you were actually telling me a story too. <laughs> about, I'm such a cheeky shooter. <laughs> you were telling me like, your two hundred mil lens that you sometimes mm. you're shooting down at one eighty one eighty of a second yeah. on your two hundred mil and now absolutely the general rule of thumb is whatever whatever focal length the lens is that's your minimum mm. minimum shutter speed that you should go for. I remember someone telling me off for doing that. They're like, "You can't do that." I said, "Well, I just have, and I got the shot." Yeah. So, so what's wh- wrong with wh- it? What's wrong with it? Exactly. And look, some people some people's rule is they take you know if they're shooting with a a 200mm lens, they take the focal length and double it. So they shoot at one four hundred of a yeah, second yeah. To, to make sure. I mean, and I, I get that. 
But, I but mean, you don't always have that luxury. That's you, right. Sometimes you need to actually take a chance. You need to push things, push those boundaries and just just go for it. Yeah, so look, embracing that high ISO is, is like I said, it's, it's just something I suppose we just have to learn to retrain ourselves mm. in a way that we mm. train ourselves to think a little bit differently about our relationship with the, you know, how we use our camera and not yeah. get too hung up on. And, and I think you made a really good point. Not a lot of people print images, and one of the one of the reasons why you would try and shoot at a very low ISO is if you were intending to intending print, print it, yeah, and it, but a large print, yes, because, that's exactly right. You know, and, yeah, and if you think about the context of the of what you're shooting, and I always say this to myself when I'm in the editing chair and I'm going through the culling situation, yep. and if I see an image that I like for whatever reason, I always ask myself, do I think that they will print this image? Yes. And if the answer is no, it either gets a tick or a flick, depending on yep. on what it is. If it's reception images, yep. I don't even ask those questions. It's just like, does that have a moment in it and that stays in? Yep. But the grain is not a consideration because I know that they're not going to print those images large. Yeah. And that's a great you know, little take out there. And I'm actually have written that down. <laughs> You're taking notes for me today. I'm taking notes Love for So what I when you're looking at that process of saying okay, would this image someone potentially print it? Mm. And that's a great a great little tool. Yeah. So, I mean, and again, and like I said, most people, these images are going to live in a, in a digital environment, mm-hmm. so they're not going to print them. Mm-hmm. And like I said, though, that grain, and especially if you're intending to say, I mean, I don't know what your workflow is, mm-hmm. so do you go out and deliberately shoot something in monochrome, so you can see on the back of the camera what it looks like or do you just know that in post I'm going to convert this to monochrome? How do you? That's a really good question actually because my shooting has, my thought process on that has actually changed in the last five years. Right. I used to have a thought that I would love to see this image in black and white. Yep. But now I will just shoot and anything monochrome I will do in the editing chair. You'll do in post, yeah. But I used to shoot intentionally for monochrome so there would be lots of decisions behind the scene about what I would do. Yes. But, yeah, there's a lot, you know, technology has really changed the way that we interact with our gear and we interact with our shooting style because we have so, so many things that we can do when we're finished yes. that we haven't been able to do in the past when you're, when you're trained on film. Exactly. So, I mean, if you shot something in black and white and then decided you wanted it in colour. You couldn't. You couldn't. It would be, yeah. I mean, people hand-coloured prints, but that's a huge process. That's and, right. And one of the great things about, and I don't know how you shoot, but I shoot RAW and JPEG. Mm-hmm. And the reason I shoot RAW and JPEG is sometimes in doing street photography, I'll actually switch the picture styles in the camera to monochrome. Yes. So I'm actually seeing on the back of the camera the monochrome shots. Yes. Right? And I make a couple of adjustments in there. And a couple of things I do is I play with the sharpness and yes. I play with the contact, contrast. Contrast, right? yeah, absolutely. To get to where I'm, yeah. for me, what I think is a pleasing yeah. image, right? yeah. So the idea is I use the back of the camera as a bit of a guide. I've got yeah. the I've got the raw file, which I can do anything with. Yeah. It's, it's got all the information, so it's 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 in color. That's right. So I can then choose if I then decide, nah, yeah, this actually works better in yeah. color. I've got that. I've got that choice then to be yeah. able to do that. Yeah. But one of the things I think with high ISO is it does suit monochrome images. It's a way yeah. to 
sometimes like I mean it's how you sometimes rescue a very grainy image to actually make it more palatable that's right I've got a friend that told me once so I've got some amazing uh, friends that are, are very very skilled at editing yes and I was talking to them one day about some issues I had with color casting from lights and yes. from walls in one particular scene and and this this gorgeous woman just said to me when in doubt just take the color out and I'm like yes take yeah. it out take it out yeah take because it. Colour casting does your head in, especially as a wedding photographer, because you can't choose what lights are going to be in the church. No. You can't choose where they're putting their ceremony. It could be backlit. It could be... Some of the wretched LED lighting. Oh, horrendous. You've got 62 different colour temperatures all hitting someone. And to the naked eye, it all looks the same. But when you photograph it on film... Not so much. No. And I think I I showed you a video just before we we started Mm. and I shot some in colour and it the summer horrend is a, it's a live music performance. Yeah. And there was a lot of it was all LED lights. Yeah, and we call it the heat and the light because it is it's just they're like hot spots. Yes. But they're they're And then I so then I actually shot I shot a bunch of video in monochrome. Monochrome so, so much better. And it's so much better because yeah. it just took away it took away all that distraction yes. from those different yes. color temperatures. Yeah. And and that so but yeah. we're talking about Shooting high ISO and not getting too panicky about having high mm. ISO. Like I said, it's it's one of those things where you know it's just something you have to re rethink about and retrain yourself to yeah. think. And, and look, as a I suppose as a exercise for people who listen to this podcast is we kind of challenge you to go out and go shoot some stuff that mm. you wouldn't normally shoot mm. and let creep your ISO up, freeze some action, yeah, do some low light. Share it with us too, because I want to see what you're up to. Yeah, do some low light, get some low light freeze, freezing the freezing the action. Yeah, at low light. Yeah, um, do it. Use the shutter speed to to freeze it. I think I might do it next week. I might have a bit of a play day. Have a play day. Yeah, so absolutely. We'll, we'll, we'll have to organise and do a, a photo walk or something with mm. Terry. Yeah, we do need to. Yeah. yeah, I did try to get you to come on the photo oh, walk with the R5. Devastated, <laughs> devastated, and then I had, my plans actually changed at the last minute, so I was I was absolutely devastated. <laughs> <laughs> next time. Next time. Next time. So look, yeah. So go out there. Don't be afraid. Embrace the grain. Try some, you know, pushing the ISO up and just seeing what type of image you mm. can create. You, you might, you might. Um, surprise um, yourself. You might surprise yeah. yourself. You might actually say, hey, I don't mind this. This yeah. actually looks all right. Yeah. Terry, always great chatting. Yeah, thanks. You too. And, you know, you're an absolute, have all these little gems <laughs> of, you know. Golden nuggets. Golden nuggets of information <laughs> that you share with us. So until next time. See, see ya. ya. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this edition of Photo Mission Focus discussing photography. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did so, leave us a comment. Or if you have a suggestion for a future show, drop that in the comments as well. And just remember, the next photo you take could be your best yet. Thanks for listening.